With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome to Crawl Space. I'm Tim here today with Lance in the Crawl Space Studios in Wormtown. Lance, how are you today? I'm doing very well. Had a wonderful weekend. How was your weekend? Oh, it was just peachy, Lance. And for this episode today, we had Nama Cates, the one and only Nama Cates from the show Incel in here at the Blue Table in the Crawl Space Studios in Warhamtown, and we had a great chat about her show. We really did. When she started doing Incel, which stands for Involuntary Celibate, and you can search that on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, uh, it's a great investigative dive into this subculture of people who believe themselves to be um, involuntary celibate. When she approached us to do this show, I couldn't wait for this moment where we talked to her yeah. several episodes in, and, and we get to hear her journey. Yeah, it's fascinating. And so this is uh, the second time, actually, she's been in here to speak about the show. So the first time, I think, came out in maybe August. Uh, so you can check that out. This is kind of a sequel, I suppose, to that. Um, but we go deeper. You know, it's it's a much different conversation, and it's more in-depth. And she's at a different point in her journey now than she was then. So it's a completely different conversation. So enjoy the conversation with Nama. But if you're curious about incel, what is this incel thing? Go check out her podcast. Just search Incel on all of the podcast apps. Yeah, links in the show notes. Check it out. Thank you very much for listening, and we hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome back to the Crawl Space Studios. Nama Kate of Incel. How's it going, Nama? Good. How's it going? Oh, Great. so good. Good to have you back. Back in the saddle, as yep. they say, or as just one of us. As the person who wrote that song or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Was that ACDC? Uh, Aerosmith, I think. Yes. Yeah. Should have been ACDC. <laughs> I think yeah. we had this conversation before. I'm not an, I'm not an I Aerosmith I think I might have even had this one with you guys before. <laughs> yeah, we really we have a limited amount of material. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All the hits. Uh, it's like a record. All the mm-hmm. hits. Uh, <laughs> speaking of hits, Nama... You produce the podcast Incel, which is a bona fide hit. And uh, in the true crime, well, it's more like society and culture, right? Yeah. Is, that, is that what category it's in? I think it, like the interest yeah. in it would cross over, certainly. Yeah. But yeah, they're not criminals that I speak to. Right. Right. So if you look at our website, crawlspace-media.com, you, you see the Incel logo don't think that we're talking about people who are criminals because I could see where there would be a little bit of confusion and we should obviously clarify this that we're not talking about criminals here Mm -hmm. Uh, because we do a lot of true crime that's primarily what we do and incel was a bit of a step away from the true crime Uh, it does have some elements of you know what potential uh, violence could happen due to this uh, do you call it a condition Uh, what how how do you define Um, what's going on there well, uh, a lot of people call it a like a cultural movement or phenomenon, but the incels themselves don't think of it that way. So they call it like a life situation. I would call it like a self-identification, I guess. Identify. Yeah. Okay. And so the goal, though, is to ascend, right? Yeah. For most people? Yes, pretty much all. Okay, but- what do you mean by ascend? Ascend to another level of godliness of existence even yeah um so you know other statuses uh like normie tier status or for men it's chads so so the goal of being an incel is to not be an incel any longer yes i would say so it's so interesting to me okay yeah yeah, i think we got to back it up a little bit how do you even come to recognize and define yourself as an incel and what exactly are we talking about i know 
we've we've listened and I know that there are people who have listened, but for those who haven't listened uh, and don't know what we're talking about. A, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? We, I got a, a DM from someone who listens to the shows, and, and she said, uh, what's the what's the podcast? I think it's about Excels. <sighs> and Excel spreadsheets. Excel yeah. spreadsheets. Well, surprise, it's not about Excel spreadsheets. No. Um, no. That would be fascinating. <laughs> but I think timely, timely yeah. podcast. <laughs> I think there needs to be a little definition so, okay, INCEL uh, stands for involuntary celibate. Um, that should be pretty self-explanatory, but if it's not, it's, you know, people who are involuntarily celibate, they are celibate for reasons they don't choose. So these are people who want to be in a relationship um, and have not been able to find themselves in a relationship. Right, basically. Oh, a relationship or just even a, you know. Uh, yeah. I think this is where some confusion comes up because you said that they're involuntarily um, celibate. Mm-hmm. And you said that they, they, they choose to not be in a relationship. No, they want to be in a relationship. They, they want to be in a relationship. Yeah. And they're involuntarily celibate. Yeah. So they, it's they their, can't succeed in it's their forming conclusion a conclusion that yeah. they are involuntarily uh, unable, unable to mm-hmm. be yeah. in a loving relationship. Right. And it's or, not their decision. Yes. Some of them wouldn't say loving relationship, though most of them, you know, acknowledge that that is what they want. Indeed, some of them just think of it purely as being sexually successful or something. So it's not, you know, some of them don't seem very um, uh, sensitive when they talk about relationships. And that might be the type of thing people see a lot online on the forums Mm -hmm. as if they just want, you know, sex and they just want to be able to get laid and they objectify women. But most of them, no, they they want a loving relationship. Do they think that they're born this way? Yeah. So it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, the uh, certain religions that will insist that you are not born homosexual. Mm-hmm. Mm, that you're not born. Right, that right. it's not something, that it's something that you want to do. Mm-hmm. So how do you get past defending that this is something that they don't want to be a part of and they want to have a relationship? Well, um, I know that they don't want to be a part of it. Mm. They they definitely don't. Um, you know, they are depressed as a result. They feel like their life lacks purpose. And I can understand that, as I've said many times. A lot of people kind of respond to them with, well, there's more to life than just sex. But if you're a young person and obviously romance and relationships are a very big part of life, and if you can't make those connections i could see that being very present on your consciousness which it is um they they definitely want to be in relationships they feel um sort of rejected and unseen by people in general Mm -hmm. are they all men yeah the ones that i talk to are all men though i'm probably going to have a conversation with a fem cell soon oh Mm -hmm. wow um that's a female incel. And most most of them, most of the incels don't think that females can be incel. Now, are they all virgins or all of them? Pretty much talk- all of okay. them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, does a couple of, like, say, a one-night stand or something like that, does that, like, if they had that, does that preclude them from being an incel? I mean, it doesn't. The, the definition, like according to the form, and again, these definitions change. Yeah. They're a little bit flexible. But um, according to the forum that I deal with mostly, which is their main forum now, especially now that the subreddits were banned, um, it used to have like sort of an arbitrary time limit. Like if you've been involuntarily celibate for six months or so, then, you know, you fit the criteria. There's one that I spoke to that had 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 a, a girlfriend prior to his being involved with the community. Um, but the majority of them are, vast majority of them. They, they do these internal polls. Again, I love to speak about the polls because yeah. I think they're really great. Um, and something, you know, like 90%, well, let's see. that There was a higher percentage, um, maybe 20% or so, that had had, like, previous sexual experiences. But mm-hmm. a lot of those were escort cells. So... You know. Okay. <laughs> Everything's a cell. I know. Two, two things to unpack. <laughs> right. uh, why? I have a feeling what the reason is, but why no women? Why do they believe that this isn't something that 
can be attributed to a woman? So um, they believe that it's because females are the ones that are sexually selective between men and women. Um, And that's also why, because I've gotten asked this before too, why they don't have any gay or homosexual members because they feel that it's women that are the ones that are, you know, that have these unreasonable standards as they would uh, assert. And so men, heterosexual men are the ones that get left out and become, can become incel. Okay. So what are the levels? Um, Levels of, of what? Well, we had talked about there being, they're trying to achieve a, a, a higher level. Oh, of okay. Um, what are the stages? Basically, they're just, um, they say the top 20% of, of men are chads, right? So these are the top 20, and they, they love the Pareto distribution rule, sort of a economic and statistics rule of the mm. way things are distributed, where the top 20% of, you can apply Pareto to pretty much everything, and it does, you know, hold, um, gets like the majority of the, like, so the top 20% of men get 80% of the attention from women and they look at like Tinder studies and see that this is kind of confirmed. So because you're in that top 20% of looks, you're predispositioned to have a better chance with women. Right. And And they business that even extends to it does. Yeah. And that they acknowledge that it's not just looks, but they think looks is the the highest, you know, is the most important. Okay. Um, and so that's the top 20%, and then the bottom 20% are incels, and in between is just normie, normies. There's like a cross-reference of male male society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. exactly. So incels, normies. And chads. And chads. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I agree on a certain level that there's, there's uh, I guess, categories with the human race, and that's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. And like you said, with economics or with work, with professional life, too, you can kind of apply this, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's something to that. Some of you can't put your finger on a lot of it. But right. Like like a lot of the quarterbacks in the NFL, just using a real rough example, a lot of the quarterbacks in the NFL are very handsome guys, like mm. tall men. Yeah. You right. Know? And and but there's something about that uh, leading other men, too, though, that actually does work, I think, in that instance a little bit. But yeah. That might be why that works in that instance. But. Do they look at the like uh, the upbringing and the societal effects to use a uh, Tim Pleary coined term? I'm the uh, only one who's ever said that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you coined it. Oh, a societal effects? Uh, yeah. Oh, I say that on almost every episode. <laughs> should pay you. <laughs> um, so do they look at these chads and they say, well, look at where he came from. Look at his family. Uh, look at the environment that he was raised in, the college he went to. Do they take that into consideration? They... Mm, not so much. They do a little bit, but they think that generally in society we over um, value some of those things, and and that it's much more about like how you're born with these certain characteristics. So they don't look at. I mean, they certainly look at society's. Um, just well, I can go back to those dating apps again, but like um, societal effects is contributing to this issue, but they think that um, it's a lot more just about how you were, what you were born with. Okay. And do you uh, agree with that assessment of it? No, I I think that um, that yes, the role of looks is probably downplayed societally because we don't want to acknowledge that people are. You know, not just looks, but like other traits that you're that you're born with. Um, we don't want to acknowledge those things as much, and we like to to say because it sounds good that like everyone can have the same opportunities if they only X, Y, and Z. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't think it's it's black and white. Right. I, we're talking about uh, the human race. Mm-hmm. It can't be black and white. No. Yeah. Right. And you're, but they approach it as sort of black and white. Yeah, I'd okay. say so. Yeah, but isn't that also because like a lot of these fellows have never, or people have never really met too? Like, there's kind of no way to size somebody up, another person, because a lot of times they're just communicating through message boards. Completely, yeah. Um, and I find that that is also contributing to this situation that a lot of people are not meeting as much in person, so they use dating apps and things like that, and you know that leads to the same thing to people being kind of written out of the equation before they 
before anyone can give them a chance. Is there any theory that these are repressed individuals sexually, whether they're repressed homosexuals or maybe they were brought up in an environment that uh, taught them to be shameful of sex? It's a personal theory that I I believe to a degree. It, right. Sure. Again, nothing's yeah. black and white. There's yeah. probably a few in there. Yeah. Um, but that's never been... That's never been considered or addressed like on a, a broad scale. Um, I know that there are a couple students right now who are working on things like that. I would say that that's probably a little bit over, that the influence of that might be a little bit over um, emphasized. Too. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of these guys are, are young and this might be like a passing thing for a lot of them. Um, but, you know, they're not... I don't know. It's a complicated question. How young are they? Um, the average age of the groups is in the early 20s, and there's a lot of even late teens and stuff in there. And have you seen a lot of people come and go? Have you seen them ascend? Um, not really, but um, but I've seen a few. And, um, and if they do ascend, then a lot of them can't stay in the group, so you wouldn't really hear about it. Mm, I see. So, okay, so the goal is to leave the group, essentially, um, but it doesn't it seem like it's like a group of people who are kind of commiserating together and they're they're there for each other. They are seemingly some of the only people who understand what each other is going through. So to it's completely echo ab- chamber. Yeah, but to completely abandon the community afterwards, that's kind of seems weird to me. me. I'm just saying throwing it out there. Maybe they have problem with leaving the yes. group that they know so well. Yes, that's a huge problem. It's a huge paradox, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're you're only communicating within your own group yeah. about this thing that's uniquely yours as the group, yes. but the goal is to leave the group. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then once you leave the group, you're not allowed to come back in. You're not in. allowed to come back in. And how are you going to deal with all these new things if you've been right. identifying this way and if you've only gotten really um, support and validation from this community and then all of a sudden you have a life-changing experience and it's a lot of new experience and you don't have your your friends and anyone to talk about it with, you know. It's like getting released from prison. Yep. Like you want to get released it's from prison, like and that. then you have to figure out how to be behave mm-hmm. in society that is yeah. not a prison. Exactly. Interesting. What's the what's the difference between ascending and leaving? And have you ever just asked them why don't you simply say I'm not an incel? Um, it's the same thing. I mean, okay. it's, that's just a a term for it, ascending. Um, but if you say I'm not an incel because you've ascended or whatever, then technically that's what you're doing. And if you um, if you go into the forums and you talk to anyone about having had a girlfriend or anything like that, then you would be banned. At, at any time. If you were in the forum and you said something like in fifth grade I had you know I my first kiss with a girl was in fifth grade no 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 just if it's seen as a brag oh right okay Mm. but wouldn't that be helpful information like we're just saying like this is kind of an echo chamber um and I I know that they talk about that I think it's a book the pickup artist Mm -hmm. so it's almost like some like uh a guy picking up women is something that they do admire would they be open to hearing from someone like that? It sounds like no. Well, there's two reasons for this, and I press them about this too because I'm like, wouldn't you want to hear from formers? Like, right. wouldn't wouldn't that be someone you that would be valuable to hear? And they um, they say that you know the the benefits of keeping the group closed outweigh the benefits of of hearing from normies to an extent. Um, the reason they keep the group closed, and I completely respect this, is they don't want people making fun of them. I mean, they are treated very badly, and I get wanting to have a space for yourself and feeling accepted there. But yeah, that's definitely an issue. You mentioned they're treated badly out there. I see some of that rhetoric um, online too. Just uh, sometimes, even when you just like tweet out a link mm-hmm. to the episode. So, how does that make you feel? And what and like, what do you make of that rhetoric? Um, you know, I've gotten really used to it, so I just expect it now. It doesn't really bother me that much anymore, but, um, but it really bothers me that people do that. And I think it's really not helpful. Um, do you think that the people who do that aren't listening? They're not. I know that. I mean, not, not only not listening to your episode or episodes, they're not listening. They're not listening. Period. Period. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had people comment about some of my episodes, making comments about things that weren't even said, you know, because they just automatically associate um, 
this definition with certain other things that they find objectionable and they don't like. And that's it. I mean, oh, that's interesting. No, yeah. The definition of incel creates an associa- association in their brain that they didn't like. That's that's not the same definition. So yeah. if they don't like um, you know, homosexuals and then they hear incel, it's sort of the same thing for them. Yeah. I mean, I'd say specifically the, the association that it creates. And this is partly due because the, the media has drawn this uh, link um, is with. Uh, with racist, uh, white male supremacists, um, you know, bigots and things like that. And I, I just find it ironic because the people that are, are acting that way are being, you could argue, bigoted themselves. And Oh, yeah. 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 When you Google incel for a definition, one of the top things that comes up is uh, in, incel versus alt-right. Mm-hmm. What's, oh, good. Why okay. is that? Why is that a thing? Because that's it's been. Um, well, I mean, it's it's not that there's no there's no a truth to it, or but that's been sort of the narrative that the media has been writing about incels pretty much continuously and explicitly since 2014 with Elliot Roger that alt right and incel are in the same there's an overlap they do overlap because it's it's young men because they are um they do tend to be a little bit more conservative or traditional i would say in a lot of ways politically and i have a lot of theories about that and why that is that are interesting and they're not you know black and white either um but and also sort of the the shocking speech and the climate now where everything that you say that is it's just I don't know. <laughs> no, no, that was good because you're talking about a, a group that I guess can resemble a yeah. group like um uh like like neo Nazis or something like that. Like they can, yeah. I mean just in someone's mm-hmm. head without in someone's head for sure. Yeah. Yeah. When when you're when you're trying to link that in the media. Yes. And it and it resembles those groups for other reasons too. Uh-huh. It, it's actually very similar. Um I would define those groups as political or social protest groups movements you know and incels can be that too or cultural protests like there's some gripe or grievance they have with society and they form a movement to address it this happened a lot in the 20th century the middle of the 20th century in europe you know and that's where we got fascists and uh communists out of when young sort of um misguided or just disillusioned disillusioned and and dis possessed people get involved with political movements that aren't necessarily educated in them, then you get results that aren't great a lot of the time, you know? Um, and so there are circumstances that that resemble those groups, but they're not the end goals, the ideologies, and the, the beliefs are very different. Okay. And, well, you also mentioned a name there when we were talking about the media. Who is this person? Um... A name when Elliot Rogers. Oh, okay. That's the uh, shooter, the Isla Vista, California shooter. Um, who We've had so many shooters. We do. I'm not sure which one this guy is. Okay, so this one was in uh, 2014. He's the first one that is like definitively linked with this movement. Um, he wrote a. He left a manifesto that was 150 pages, um, and published it the day that he committed the attack as well as like some videos um and you know the manifesto was well written i would say and his videos were kind of compelling so he makes kind of a charismatic leader identity that people have fused themselves with Mm -hmm. since and his name comes up a lot on the forums Mm -hmm. they even um use his name sort of as a verb yeah to go er right to go elliot rogers to you know commit like a shooting like that right so is he praised in that community no i would say for the most part he is um condemned and his acts are condemned but they sometimes they praise him in ways that i understand kind of like um just saying that they relate to what he did or they admire the bravery or whatever um mostly they do it to be shocking or you know controversial to be to to ship post right to to mm-hmm. joke in a way to joke yeah and to just get attention okay do you think that there you would need to dig a little deeper and get into um, an underground part Cell. of the incels yeah undercell oh um, 
in order to find out who is not just bragging about this, about going ER? Well, um, so there are like offshoots of the forums that exist out, outside of them, you know, that are more edgy or more controversial. Um, you know, you might. I, I think that I would like to work with them in a way to have, you know, the moderators and stuff of, of this forum, if they can identify people like that, you know, to possibly send them over to some resources or mm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I found that the ones that have actually committed these shootings have not been active in these communities. So what are those warning signs, though? The warning signs is, um, you know, that's something that a lot of people are looking at. It's really hard to predict these things. But yeah. all of the ones that have done it have had, well, certain diagnoses that I'm not going to say specifically because it bothers people, and I, I understand why. Um, but there have been a, a few combinations of, you know, certain mental health conditions in common um, that are typical to it. But also... Um, and they also have histories. A lot of them have documented histories with school counselors and things of, you know, talking about like violent ideation and wanting to do these things. Um, and there's leakage. You would call that like a leakage. Usually, sometime before an incident, things come out, but they don't right. come out to like strangers. Usually, they come out to like family and friends. Are they overall uh, dangerous? Do you get the sense that most of these people are dangerous or angry? I don't think so. No. Okay. Not angry. Um, angry a little bit, but, um, not dangerous. Have you ever met anyone who identifies as incel in person? Um, yes, but, um, sort of separately to the, the research of the show. So not on the show, it wasn't for the show. No. Did they tell you afterwards that they were incel or they told you before or? Um, it was before the show was out, hmm. so uh, they told me before, but they didn't know I was doing a show. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You uh, had an episode, I think it was called True Believer, mm-hmm. about Alex, am I pronouncing it right, Manassian? Alec Manassian, yeah. yeah. Um, so tell us about him. Okay, so he is, um, his trial is pending. It's in uh, January 2020, I think. Um, he committed his act in 2018 um i think it was april 2018 and it was a vehicle ramming attack in toronto so he just rented a a truck and drove it into a public street and took down 10 people um he is one that is a true believer definitely and his his transcripts of his um interrogation were just there was a publication ban on it that was just lifted a few weeks ago so that was interesting the the transcript is out there and some video yeah yeah and so it uh i I saw you on a video out of canada Mm -hmm. and uh it it had the headline this van attacker is trying to trigger uprising in incels yeah is that a little much he wasn't trying to trigger an uprising he believed in uprising but um he was very much in his own world okay yeah what do you mean by he really believed that, like he was a true believer? What do you? Yeah, mean? he. Well, so Elliot Roger wrote about, and another guy that he referenced, Chris Harper Mercer. They both wrote about beta uprisings or incel uprisings, um, and that someday, you know, the normies would would learn, whatever, you know, that incels were actually important and so, just terrorist acts, basically, um, and. I think that Alec Manassian, I, I get the strong impression that he actually very much fused his identity with Elliot Roger and believed that you know he was living in kind of like a virtual reality reality. Like it was not, even the way he spoke about the, the people that he, that he killed and saying that they were separated from their existences, just strange kind of video game terminology. Like he saw this all as like a, a reboot, I think. For his own life and I don't think he thought far past that but I think that he did he was pretty possessed with the belief that doing this would somehow you know change his own life was he on the forums um he probably had 
seen some of the forums because uh-huh. he was so um, involved. I mean, he was just so taken with the terminology and stuff. But his claims about his origin story are bullshit. I don't believe them. What does he claim? Um, that he spoke to Elliot Roger and Chris Harper Mercer individually, uh. and they shared plans about their own you know, attacks and things they were going to do, which it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't add up. He provided usernames and where he met them and when he met them, and those don't line up. So if Alec believed that he was a true believer, like he was destined for this, how do you, how do you speak about him not wanting to uh, instigate an uprising? Mm, you mean if just by speaking about him, does that glorify him to possibly... Um, that that and I mean, if he is living this uh, like like alternative virtual reality, how how is that not him trying to influence others? Oh, I think he was trying to influence others, okay. but I I don't think he thought it through much. I you know I think he it was like a religion to him, and I think that he really didn't think realistically about the consequences. Or it's not like a an organized like a terrorist organization where they organize, they work together, they carry out plans, and they think pretty specifically about what kind of consequences those plans might have. Um, These guys are working alone, and they're not really thinking about, well, will this shooting actually, how will it lead to this change in society? It just will. It just will, yeah. So he was kind of delusional in expecting a certain reaction Mm -hmm. yeah if he was even thinking about what that reaction would be i think he he wanted it for himself he wanted you know to be like a martyr for the cause and he was hoping to get shot too he wanted a you know suicide by cop he tried um he was yelling out to one of the cops that arrived on the scene like you know i have a gun and stuff and the cop just didn't buy it so he didn't shoot him but i think he he wasn't thinking he'd live through this well that's interesting and I guess in a really unique way, it is important for your uh, your work on this to have someone still alive who's yeah. done this. Yep. Because typically you hear of these, and this is Toronto, so I, I mean they obviously knew who ha- knew how to handle somebody like that. Yeah, they, right. They figured it out uh, not to shoot him. Yeah. And now he can be useful in other ways. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I think I feel like one of the, and stop me if I'm incorrect, but I feel like one of the main questions you were trying to answer with your show was, does this group radicalize mm-hmm. people and to become violent? Uh, what are your findings on that after having uh, 12 or so episodes out there? I don't think it radicalizes people. Uh, I don't think it. Well, at least in the sense that most people use that word, um, there's really interesting work like a study specifically done by someone named Kenneth Reedy Mm. that's about benevolent radicalization and how people with some of the same motivators and sort of circumstances that some of them go the criminal route. They they look specifically um, at people in London comparing um, ones who went to fight for ISIS, I believe, to people that had similar backgrounds and similar concerns that went on to do things that were pro-social but came from a similar place like journalism or being like a first responder or, you know, something with caring for the community. But it came from like some some similar grievances. Um, So maybe it radicalizes people if we're going to make that term neutral. But radicalizes to violent extremism? No, I don't think that it does. Do you think that there's a lot of ego that goes into that? Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) Uh, There are a lot of people in these kinds of movements that are looking for meaning and purpose Mm -hmm. and um, some kind of a recognition. And there are a number of causes that you could champion and and do a show on because you're very thorough with your work. Why did you choose this? I'm sure you get that question all the time. Yeah, I do. And I, I don't have a great answer for it. It's just something that was very interesting to me. And now I'm kind of seeing more as I go along why it it just like checks a lot of boxes of interest for me but I don't know specifically so it shows you yes it did (laughs) I I think it's amazing because uh when we talk about your show uh we say it's it's about the incels but it's partially about your journey 
in their world. Yeah. Which uh, is really, really fascinating because you you said you didn't really know why you decided to take on this cause, but you're checking off these boxes. I'm sure you didn't even know that you had this, like certain boxes that needed to be checked right. off. Right, right. That's true. Yeah. And have you had any, uh, I guess, I don't want to be insulting by saying success stories, but do, have you had anybody that you've worked with in this that has ascended? Um, yes, actually. Yeah. I'm not going to say too much about yeah, them okay. because, but um, I've had one that's ascended and one that has um, just gone to probably just, um, I don't know, become, well, well I'm not going to say too much about that, but um, yes, and I'd like to maybe see more or just that find meaning and purpose, you know. What about sort of the opposite of ascension and um, someone you were concerned about as far as a violent reaction uh, out in the world? I haven't had that happen. Um, but there were some things you were concerned about. Yeah. Um, there are a few individuals that I speak to that are occasionally saying concerning things. Um, the one that you're probably referring to is the one that I brought up in my episode um, yeah. number nine, I think it was, where um, I talked about one that uh, sent me screenshots from a shooting range and talked about wanting to commit a shooting. Um, I am not really concerned about that person anymore. Um, the other is um, is one that isn't really like involved with the group so much that I'm just concerned about because as a person, I feel like they might, they're very loner type. They don't really, they have a lot of anger and mm. unregulated hostility that they send at me and, you know, various other people. Whereas most, like really most of the insults that I speak to, they don't at all. So they've been pretty open with you, like welcoming? I think so, yeah. Okay, and what was the, what was the, uh, the initial feeling that you had when you received these pictures of them on a on a shooting range and they said that they were considering doing something like this did you feel a sense of urgency like yeah I did when okay. I saw it, when I got that I mean it was still pretty I still felt that I didn't really believe that with this person for a few reasons but um you know one of the first things I did was like look at the take the image and see if it came from a website or anything yeah. and it didn't you know there was no uh geo IP yep. stuff on it um and I believe that it was probably real. They probably did go to a shooting range that day. But yeah, I so I reached out to, you know, Dr. Scott and Dr. Shiloh, as well as some other people. Great, of LA Not So Confidential yes. podcast, yep. To ask them, you know, if they had any tips as to how to speak with people. They helped forward. you out. Yeah, they did. They were really helpful. I also sp spoke to the... Um, an FBI agent who was in charge of a big shooting incident um, and asked, you know, his advice on it and some other people's. And you've like given speeches too uh, on uh, sort of risk assessment. Um, what? The, the ones that I've, I've given lectures about radicalization, just about this group. Um, okay. And um, yeah, like people don't know much about them, you know? Yeah. I, I find the people that, ask me to give lectures or something tend to be more open-minded than most. It seems like a lot of the things in the media that you mentioned before t typically uh, paint incels as being um, a problem. Yeah. And really, like, I'm just, just on the side Googling stuff mm -hmm. and binging stuff, and it's literally a Vox article that says our incel problem. I, yeah, I took that article apart in one of my episodes. Yes, <laughs> I, wanted you, I want you to talk about that. Okay, so that's uh, Eric Beauchamp, is that uh, right? Zach. Zach Beauchamp, yeah. yeah. Um, so this article was written in 2018 after Alec Manassian, um, and like a lot of outlets, it takes a particular posture about incels. He tries to make sort of the thesis of his article that it's not just mass shootings we should be concerned about, but how they can be dangerous in other ways or violent in other ways to society at large. And so I'm reading this and I mean, there's a lot of faulty information. It's a good, it's a well-written article, but um, you know, there's a lot of stuff in it that's 
problematic. And then I, I'm kind of waiting to get to the, you know, the point of like, in what ways are they dangerous? And the things he cites is like, really flimsy, obviously joking, it just posts from, in my opinion, obviously joking, in his not obviously joking, but not possible to substantiate about committing rapes and, you know, sexual assaults in public and just stuff that's ridiculous, really. I mean, not to say that those things aren't problems if they happen, but the way that it's talked about, I just find it really implausible. You know, people saying that they commit like a, a hundred sexual assaults on the train every day and just things that are ridiculous sounding, you know. Yeah, and the the article goes on and on and on. Yeah, <laughs> significant article. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, I wanted you to to talk about that because I I feel that that was a really ballsy episode that you had to to call this out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, in that episode, I think I also talk about vice and like some other things, and you know, I'm not trying to disparage or discredit those outlets. I've actually spoken with quite a bit but they haven't run any stories based on our conversations they ran other ones that had nothing to do with our conversations Mm -hmm. and you know i just think that it's irresponsible yeah what does it mean when you get blackpilled when you get blackpilled you um have come to be aware of the harsh truths about reality that most people ignore so that comes from the blue pill red pill uh, analogy from the Matrix about the blue pill is, you know, kind of blissful ignorance, just world theory. The red pill is these harsh truths. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. All I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. And uh, the black pill. Well, the black pill is very interesting. <laughs> um, the uh, administrator of the forum speaks very eloquently about what the black pill is. Um, you know, he looks at it as a, a series of um, just of facts, of studies, as opposed to like beliefs or. Um, prescriptions for how to behave where he sees like the blue pill and red pill as that Um, and it is based on studies but the studies also you know are often out of context I think or they just don't allow for the full picture you know. Do you get any criticism for being uh, so uh, compassionate? Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you get criticism for everything. For everything. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much everything. Yeah. Okay. So, so how do you yeah. deal with the criticism for being compassionate? And again, I keep coming back to this media thing because most of the stuff out there on the media about these people are is not compassionate. It's all about uh you have to talk smack about this group or else you're one of them. Yeah. That kind of vibe. Or Be, you are a misogynist or or you know or you're all right. You're as, yeah, yeah, exactly. As and as I've YouTube been called all called those things. You. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I I don't know except that I just know that it's so wrong to it, to me it really is it's not sensible for anyone to think this way that uh to think that being, you know, nasty about this group of people is going to help anything or to think that if you are empathetic that that's going to make them worse. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me, so I deal with it. One of my favorite uh, moments from listening to your show, um, and forgive me, I don't remember the the fellow's name, but he was talking about how he had gone to Asia to um, to use Tinder, and and he kind of did his own survey based on his location where wherever he lives, I think in America, and then when he was in Asia, mm-hmm. um, he said that the swipes, the positive swipes that he got, suggesting meeting up. Uh, were <clears throat> I forget the percentages, but they were way higher yeah. in South in Asia, mm-hmm. and uh, and he said that he went there for for the purposes of of a relationship, and he said that he experienced love in a moment. Mm-hmm. He said it was I I got hugged, yeah. and he was like it was something I like never 
experienced, never understood. And he's like, these people I chat with online, they don't understand it either. Mm -hmm. They don't understand what it feels like, and they should do that too. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting um, on a a ton of levels, but um, do a lot of incels actually do that? Do they, will they travel to uh, lose their celibacy? I think a lot of them don't because probably because they have prohibitive costs or, you know, like, um, you know, a lot of them are very high inhibition. They're, you know, not there, which is another reason why it's kind of crazy to think that like so many of them are going to turn violent because they're very inhibited people. They're not, you know, they don't take a lot of risks. They don't do a lot of things socially. Um, So traveling alone and stuff seems like it could be difficult for people in that situation. Um, You know, I think if that works for him, then that's great. You know, who are we to say otherwise? Yeah. Well, I thought it was kind of heartwarming, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, extremely. And, um, you know, I think that a lot of them also don't believe in that for a number of reasons, you know. Yeah. Um, now we mentioned you getting uh, criticized for um, a lot of things. Really, really, pr- pretty much probably anything you say. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll get some uh, <laughs> criticism. And uh, we even spoke. I, I can't remember if you if we spoke on the phone or if you texted me about wanting to quit after I think it was episode three. Uh huh. And uh, and I I feel like I I knew that it was you know gonna co- you were gonna relax a yeah. bit about it. But you know from my perspective, if you want to quit, like. Then, right. To just quit. Like, mm-hmm. that's fine. Like, no one's making you do it. Yeah. Um, but I knew that you weren't going to mm-hmm. also. You know, I knew that you just wanted to vent, and that's kind of part yeah. of the process. Yeah. Unfortunately. So how have you kind of journeyed your, your way through this process of, of, and to be clear, of getting criticized from people you don't know from anything you say? Um, well, so at first it was really crazy to open myself up to so much negativity constantly on online on twitter through email you know it's not something that most people do it's very unpleasant (laughs) you know understandably um and that's another reason that i feel even more strongly about it though is because this is something that like a lot of these guys are dealing with yeah um whether it's from strangers because they're incels or just people are nasty online you know they really are and so i think it's important to um to try to be compassionate, you know, in spite of that. But, um, yeah, it was really hard at first. I've gotten a lot more used to it. Well, you did uh, a couple of episodes about that specifically, right? About yeah, the rhetoric online. I did one, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah about the rhetoric on- online just in general and, and one specifically about the feedback I was yeah. getting. Yeah, what's, what's uh, like, rage fuel, rope fuel? What What is this? And how did, how did that conversation come up with the person you spoke with? So, um... And I don't know if you wanted to mention his name here okay so that's that's aleph or Sar- sergeant incel yeah. sarge um and what rage fuel is is the way that they they categorize their their posts on their site uh rage fuel is one of the tags they can have so that's stuff that will make you more angry rope fuel will make you more depressed or make you want to rope um yeah and uh i think that one was also called and a walt um all women are like that and uh that conversation came as well it was i was getting a lot of flack for not pushing back on them actually so i decided to push back a little bit more for one episode and and just play that so i had him talk about um you know his theories about like women all being gold diggers or something but uh yeah (laughs) and with the uh with the the rage fuel part that's where they that's where they talk about things that that get them angry. Yeah. And is that where a lot of the, um, I guess, sort of violent tendencies start to come out? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Let me phrase that better. If, if, I, if someone were to go on to these forums because they were looking for someone who is speaking out mm-hmm. and, and they want to idolize them, is that where they would go? Yes. Um, even that I, was a shitty way to phrase the yeah, question. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a complicated question. I don't think I don't think so because I I think that it might be like a starting point or something like that. But I think that even on their sites, the the material that um, 
first of all, if anything hints at violence, really, they will take it off and the users will be banned. But um, I really don't think that it's that material. Even I do think that those grievances can be a starting point to make somebody angry. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more the like identities, the manifestos of these killers who do it themselves that really inspire violent behavior. Before we sat down to, to talk, we were having a conversation and you had said that, well, the conversation was about how this isn't really that, it's not covered in the way another um, terrorist organization mm-hmm. or, or something of the, that nature is covered. What do you make of that? Does it feel like because it's this like fear of the unknown because they don't really like people really don't know what it is and makes them uncomfortable to talk about? Or is it just that it's not sexy coverage? Okay, that's a good question. So I think that for uh, to a degree, it's they are right not to cover it nearly as much. This movement, in mm. my opinion, doesn't even radicalize in my opinion, again. And it, it doesn't lead to much violence or anything like that. And these are people that, you know, interact alone with each other about this and don't really tend to carry it outside of this group. I think, if anything, the danger is to themselves and their own personal growth and happiness, you know, in life. But so to an extent, yeah, it, it should get covered less if we're going to cover it with that narrative of this is a violent extremist group that's going to lead to mass shootings. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the problem is that, you know, you can cover it without making that assumption or that connection. And it's important to do that, you know, I think, or to study it that way. Um, And it's not a sexy story, though, then, if the violent element is out of it. Right. So you're running the line of if I cover it in a certain way, it feeds into whatever movement or whatever potential violence might be there from, from somebody who's angry because you're, you're almost like sensationalizing it. Well, that, that's a very real thing. I mean, the like Al Qaeda and ISIS, these groups are, were very much informed by the way the Muslim community was covered in the media. That's a definite, you know? Um, And, and now that's happening with the far right groups in this country because they're so demonized um, people in that part. Well, whatever, because those groups are so demonized. I think that really feeds into that. That's what these groups use as propaganda. You know, they say, look at this news article from CNN, from New York Times, from whatever, and look at the way that it talks about us. You know, look how foolish they are or look how wrong they are. Look how little they know and look how much they hate us and they want to kill us. And that kind of... Mm -hmm. Speech and rhetoric certainly informs any, you know, political protest movement. I just wanted to turn to the YouTube comments real quick from uh, the last interview that we did on Crawl Space uh, back in August. Uh, Someone named Mista Lee writes... (laughs) I haven't even looked at these. Okay. (laughs) Writes, uh, mass shootings are staged, set up events to steal guns, nothing more. Okay. Uh, Initial uh, reaction on that? Next. (laughs) How do you explain all the crisis actors? Right. (laughs) Haven't you seen them in every one of the news broadcasts? Right, right. And uh, Real Circa 247 says, she is sugarcoating the incel issue. Those guys are way too deep into their own self-pity to fix themselves, so they take it out on their dream girls. LOL. All men deal with reaction from women, even the so-called chads. Incels blame women for the fact that they don't have what it takes to win with any woman just my humble opinion okay so that's a common sort of criticism i would say and there's truth to it that um i'd say there is a lot of wallowing or indulgence in this group and self-pity to some extent there's a desire to blame um and to i guess not want to you know they don't deal particularly well with rejection but um I don't know that that means that I'm sugar. Co- I mean, like, so what? Though? What was the name but, of the person that did that? Real Circa two four seven. Doesn't tell tell anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any you can say that about any group. You yeah. Can, you can say that about any group with any movement. Right. From from Democrats to Republicans to incels yeah. to white supremacists. Yep. Well, she you also can, yeah. She doesn't say what the issue is. No. She has the incel issue. Yeah. yeah right. She doesn't right. Say, right. Actually, just, say what she means. You can right. put that stamp on any and, group and yes. say. Your your agenda, uh, you need to stop crying about your agenda. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
And also she don't says... Don't listen. Right. She says, take it out that they... I guess what she's saying the issue is, if there's anything there, is that they take it out on their dream girl. Like, how, when do they do that? How often does that happen? What do you mean by that? Good they, question. They yeah. often don't even interact with girls at all. Yeah. yeah. But this person has this preconceived notion that an incel will was dating a, their dream girl and she broke up with him. Right. And now he's an adolescent you know, sniveling little boy who plays too many video games and then goes and shoots up a mall. Yep. Because he sees his ex-girlfriend in every every person there. Right. Now, um, the movie Joker came out uh, in early October, Mm -hmm. and uh, you spent some time talking about it on your show. I know you talked to uh, our friends uh, Shiloh and Scott about it of L.A. Not So Confidential. Um, What a fascinating movie. Piece of garbage. (laughs) And uh, now I I heard I saw some headlines like, oh, this is the uh, the incel anthem, you know. So how real is that? Not 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 real. No. So incels don't look at the Joaquin character, uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker character and say that's that's who I want to be or uh, the way he inspired violence in that movie is the way I want to do it. No, no. I mean, a lot of them said, you know, when those warnings came out, like, why would we go and shoot up a movie that was sympathetic to us? You know, yeah. Yeah, that, and that's a go. good point, I think. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think there was any I thought that was wild. So yeah. it's a little uh, sort of an, an honor, I guess, to even be put in that category because it is. I was kidding. It is a great movie. And like you said, like, why if this is the anthem for it? Yeah. OK. Right. I mean. I, then then yeah. let it be the anthem for it. But why isn't uh, Taxi Driver the anthem for it? Right, right. There's lots of movies about no it. Internet, yeah. No internet. And, uh, <laughs> no internet. Yep. I mean, yeah. now, if the Joker in that movie went on the... I know it was set in the 80s, I think. But if he yeah. went on the incel message board, that would be the only thing missing, maybe. You know, like for some... Like the story of someone from that community who became violent you know, uh, and wanted to inspire other people, maybe. Obviously, the clown makeup and Batman storyline aside. Right. But no, I, I could see. It, it did cross my mind when I was watching the movie. I but you'd like, probably seen some of those headlines before, too. I mean, no, because you're I, I steeped you're in right. this now. I, maybe it would have crossed your mind anyway. But I think so. Yeah. Well, there, there's some, some things about that character. Yeah. Right? He's, he's mentally ill. I believe the very first uh, scene of the movie, he's talking to his psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's on medication. Mm-hmm. He eventually goes off his medication. Yep. Um, he becomes violent. He, um, so you could see why, and you know, and he, he has like a girlfriend a, that, that it's a delusion. Yeah, it's actually. a delusion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, spoiler! Spoiler! No. Sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, so th- there are a lot of those same check marks you could say. So I could see why someone in the Intel community would like that movie very much. I also like that movie very much. I have nothing to do with the Intel community, right? You know, so um, th- so there wasn't a lot of talk about that movie in your correspondence with them. Well, there was, but only, again, how can you separate whether there would have been talk or not um, if there weren't these warnings and these associations? Like, I really don't think there would have been. I don't see them talking about other movies and saying, oh, I mean, sometimes they'll quite funnily also say, oh, this guy's a total incel about some character from something. It's usually quite funny. And I can see what they're talking about. Like there's one that talks about a madman characters and one being an incel, like in comparison to Don Draper that I thought was great. Um, But, you know, I don't think that it would have been a big deal at all. Yeah. God damn it. God damn it. Good job. Great job. Well done with everything. What's your favorite episode? Ooh, I don't know. Of Crawl Space. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, how many episodes do you have of Crawl Space Oh, enough now? about us. <laughs> <laughs> Hundreds. Hundreds. Be, yeah. um, but what's your favorite uh, incel episode? Uh, I don't know. This one? Um, oh, this one. This one is a good one. If I could do a feed drop of it, that would be great, too. Go for it. Um, uh, my favorite episode of incel would probably be, I don't know. I liked uh, the, the True Believer one yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, that's that's up there mm-hmm. as well. Where is this going? I don't know exactly. Uh, I mean, for me personally, I want to, and I have become involved with certain outreach groups and research about it outside of uh, a podcast. Um, but I'd like to explore that more on the podcast and. You know, I don't know if it will have, 
you know, I don't I don't know in terms of like how much I'll be able to reveal in like a first season or whatever it is because I that keeps changing for me too because my understanding of it changes a lot with each week. Yeah, and I think nor should you. Yeah. Say this is what my ultimate outcome should be. Yeah. Outside of the um, parameters that you've already set for yourself, but I do. I, I really am impressed that you are taking it to um, community outreach programs and and things like that. You know, it's a it's a positive move to make. Yeah, it's like the natural way to get deeper into it, and mm. like the naturally like good way to get yeah you know, to make it meaningful for yourself mm. too. You know, yeah. And for the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. And for the people who are who are involved in it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like, I know you guys got involved with a lot of, um, like, there's PI for the Missing and just work on cold cases and stuff. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. You mm-hmm. know, like, uh, you have this platform that you built. Why abandon it when you can use it and keep going and, yeah. and uh, do more with it? Do yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I'm thinking of possibly venturing to, like, another group like this too and you know oh, cool. so it's continuing with interesting. oh so yeah. another another like I call it a political movement. protest movement oh, yeah okay. like wow. mm-hmm. okay maybe right. yeah right. crawl spacians <laughs> yes yeah. <laughs> the, well the defenders of the worm